Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to The Word Affairs. I hope you're all having a great week. I hope you've all had some points where you've been really, really happy and you've got something done that you wanted to get done off your checklist. Um, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of this podcast. Um, so I was actually thinking of just getting straight into the episode this week because boy oh boy do we have some stuff to cover. Um, and I just think it's such a crazy phenomenon because it's like, now I finally found the word to kind of like describe what we probably all feel. So um, I was having a conversation with a colleague at work and we began talking about a concept in psychology called the hedonic treadmill. Now maybe some of you guys have heard of that before, perhaps you study psychology, perhaps you've looked this up, perhaps you've came across it. I for one like before this conversation I had never heard of this but once it was explained to me I was like oh yeah I have thought about this concept for you know once or twice but like I've never actually known that there was a term to coin it and it's actually referred to as the hedonic treadmill so probably all thinking to yourself what is she going on about today what is this like oh my god but trust me guys you know me and if you're a good listener of the podcast you'll know that somehow one way or the other we always end up linking back our episodes so um when we talk about the hedonic treadmill the best way to just get into it is basically just talking about what it actually is and it relates to happiness um if you've ever read the great gatsby it is one of the one of probably the best books written in in literature right okay that book is just insane as it is but if you have read the great Gatsby you'll know what I'm talking about if you haven't I'll just quickly briefly explain what it is and it's this concept of old money versus new money but it was just straight after the I think it was oh I think it was before the great depression or was it after I can't remember now um but in relation to the great depression that was like the kind of like financial crash of the wall street and stuff like that and um before that yes it was before that i think i think it was in the 1920s um, there was this great surge of hedonism right hedonism or hedonism or whatever you want to call it right but what that meant was this party life it was this essential party life this this like live whilst you're young kind of like vibes you had the flapper dancers you had the concept of alcohol being banned so people were secretly drinking and it was just crazy because it was everywhere but it was banned so like people used to go underground to drink it you had this concept of people living literally as if it was their last night and especially if you had money then you were just on a high like you were literally on a high every night and if you read the great gatsby you talk about this how tom the main character is talking about the great gatsby and how he lived next door to them and how he meets everybody else and um they he, he sucked into this world of like craziness and like parties and then high decorum but also like the the manic kind of things that happen and then the deaths etc really great book and i would honestly recommend everyone to read it it's just so good if you don't want to read it watch the film the film's really good it's got leonardo dicaprio in it um but that was like the first time i'd ever come across that that term this 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 hedonic term and so when I came, when I was like being told about this, this phenomenon, I was like, oh my God, this reminds, this word, I've, I've come across this before and I came across it in A-level literature and I just thought like that was just, just crazy. So when we're talking about the hedonic treadmill, what are we actually talking about? It's actually a theory and this theory was like coined a long time ago, um, but it relates to the concept of positive and negative life events. And what it basically means is that when you experience a positive event in your life it gives you this surge of like happiness this 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 excitement this this feeling of euphoria and a positive event might be something like winning the lottery or it might be something like getting your dream job it might be something like um finding the love of your life and there's a lot of things anything that could be a positive life event it could be also for example buying um, a new coat um finally picking up those trainers um your your parcels coming through your door right and you've also got negative life events which are obviously calamities that stri like strike you in life that honestly make you cripple and crumble and and that could be you know the death of a loved one it could be financial burden financial crisis it could be the concept of of um just like having an argument with your with your loved one having an argument with your partner for example or anyone else these are like events that immediately make us plummet 
and so what you can imagine is this this kind of like this this um this graph of peaks and troughs so you've got your peaks where oh i've experienced a happy thing i've experienced something that's made me happy and then you experience a trough so like a dip of of a negative life event where you're just at your all point you know your all-time low and in the middle of these peaks and lows you can imagine this line that's essentially a straight flat line in the middle of this okay and you could call that some may even want to say that's like the baseline and what that is is that's your set level of happiness and what this this theory the hedonic treadmill refers to is the fact that when we go through positive and negative life events we as humans have a tendency to to adapt to them so eventually after some time we will then return to our pre-existing level of happiness which is known as our happiness set point and what that essentially refers to is you have a something you have something that's really great you have a really good time or you have something that you've achieved or you've, you've reached this peak of happiness and then eventually after some time you'll return back to baseline and the same goes for if you have a negative of life event something that you thought you would not be able to survive you do miraculous miraculously survive it and then you again return to your set level of happiness your baseline and i just thought that wow this is crazy because this is obviously what we all experience you can't sit there and deny oh i've never felt that way we all do the happiness of something that happens in your life that you've wanted for so long or perhaps even have just experienced eventually there's going to become a time where that wears off and then it just becomes normal and there's examples of this so for example if you have um, a job that you've been absolutely dying to get or that you've really really wanted to kind of like work your way towards and when you get that confirmation that you've you've been um, successful for it you've been accepted you feel that euphoria you feel that thrill you're so happy you're so proud of yourself you're so essentially gassed like you're literally gassed and you can't believe it the same would go for like um if you get your degree if you get your gcc results if you get like a score on your mark like exam that you really wanted to pass you really needed stuff like this um or if you got into a course that you wanted to all of that type of stuff it gives you that thrill it gives you that euphoria it gives you that real high level of happiness and then give it maybe two weeks maybe three weeks and you know over some time you start to feel it wear off and you're like oh okay like you know that happened about three weeks ago and yeah like I've, I've you know I've I've kind of like um processed it and and I'm good like and then what may happen is like for example someone who's got a job you may have got a job like um that's a really high rank and you've been wanting this job for so long and then once you get it obviously you're so happy you're so over the moon you're just like you right now you're at the peak of that graph so on your treadmill you're at the peak and then after a while maybe after a few weeks maybe even after a month or two months that novelty starts to wear off and so now you're actually faced with the reality of it like oh actually I've got deadlines to meet I've actually got responsibilities oh like I can't be bothered waking up in the morning oh my god is it Monday already like I can't believe it why is it taking me so long to get to Friday how I've how have I only got two days off like it's not fair and you start to feel that but throughout that as well you're not miserable you're just that's just the reality of it and so you learn to just find happiness in other things like you've accepted it and you've like um like you you've adjusted to it right and the same goes for a negative life event so for example if you could think of a negative life event where i could think of um for example if you've experienced um heartbreak heartbreak is a negative life event and that is something that a lot of people go through and it absolutely crushes you at the beginning you feel like you can't breathe you may not feel like you could sleep um and you're just constantly ruminating on it you're just so low you're probably bursting into tears randomly you you have days where you don't want to get out of bed etc and then give it a few um months time so obviously you're at the trough you're at the dip of that graph and then give it a few months time you start to slowly return back to your set level of happiness and you're like you know what like i can't believe it but i'm actually over it or like i i feel at peace so i feel i feel comforted I, I'm, I'm back to my normal self right and so it's this relation to the hedonic treadmill of the fact that at some point we're always going to return back to our set level of happiness and then we're gonna have a peak and then we're gonna have a trough it's the ups and downs of life but it's also this thing of are we just chained to this treadmill a treadmill is like 
an image of the concept of being trapped like you can't get off this treadmill you are going to be walking this treadmill for life and that is honestly quite a negative way like when you really think about it so i know when i like go gym and i'm i'm like okay cool like i'm gonna do my treadmill workout and it's like 20 minutes or like 15 minutes and at the time when i start it's like okay cool like i can do this and then i might watch some netflix as i'm on the treadmill and then like at a point I'm, I'm looking at the clock again and again like oh god when is this 15 minutes gonna end like i'm so i just want to get off it now or i'm finding it hard but like you feel like you're trapped because you're like i have to finish the 15 minutes but like that's obviously a very dramatic example of it but in relation to why it's called hedonic treadmill is because it's this image of being trapped to this to this like constant cycle of being like at set level happiness going up going down set level happiness like that type of stuff and it's it's so varying but like you're gonna be on this treadmill for life and that's like really, really negative in a way to to think about it but actually um if you think like oh has there been like research done on this there actually has been quite a fair bit of research and it's actually really interesting when you read up on it for example there's this paper um written by uh, dina et al in 2006 and in it they talk about a um study that was done by brickman and campbell and they studied a group of lottery winners and a group of people who experienced terrible accidents with life-changing effects um, and in their 1971 study so you can imagine how far away that was their finding was that lottery winners and accident victims both returned to their pre-event happiness levels within a few months or years so like when we talk about that type of stuff and oh my god i've won the lottery now like i'm rich and all of that type of stuff like when people always talk about this like how are you ever going to end up spending all of that money you're never really going to because no matter what you get like you're always going to want the next thing and then uh, there comes a certain time when it's like okay like i'm kind of bored now or like I i've got everything i want what more, more could i want and with like for example in this example with accents that have life-changing effects you could have lost a leg you could have lost an arm you could have i don't know had cancer for example sadly and you've lost your hair or stuff like that those people who go for that it's really tragic and upsetting and heartbreaking at the beginning and they are at all-time low however then at, like towards the end um or not necessarily towards the end but a few about like some time has passed basically and and you know maybe a few months have passed or maybe even weeks um but months definitely for that type of stuff you'll realize that they are uh, they've adjusted to that they've adjusted to their new life they've adjusted to their way of life and now they've re they're returning to their set level of happiness that doesn't mean that they're at, they're at a peak now again and oh my god they're, at, they're feeling this euphoria and this sense of thrill not necessarily they're just at peace like oh yeah like you know they, they they're okay they can get on with life and they've, they've they've adjusted and that's what it relates to and i just think that that's so crazy because we've all gone through this I think also it it relates to this concept of consumerism and so um I actually came across a TikTok of a girl recently and I just found it so in like so insightful because I think in today's day and age we are so kind of like trapped by consumerism and like capitalism because and and I will I will say this like I'll put my hand up and be the first to say it like I love 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 shopping I love shopping I love face to face shopping I love um online shopping I love window shopping I love shopping and I love buying new things and it could be anything it's not a specific um I don't know uh, an area it's not just clothes it could be like skincare it could be like makeup it could be hair care it could be anything flowers I love I love flowers and I love candles just yesterday I was talking about this to my family my friends so this is an example of I guess consumerism as you will um but I can also like kind of like justify it to myself and that's what we always end up doing with consumerism like when we've done a lot of shopping or something like that, we try to adjust uh, we try to justify it to ourselves sometimes those justifies uh, justifies sometimes those justifications are valid however sometimes you're just like come on be for real who are you trying to kid right so um, an example is the fact that it's now obviously November and it's very cold outside and it's very dark and it's candle it's candle season right whether you love it or you hate it it's candle season and essentially candle season just hits like around autumn time and i haven't actually bought in a candle for myself um i don't even know since god knows when like i actually haven't bought a candle since i would like to say around possibly like april and I know that because I was actually being gifted candles so I was getting candles like some really nice candles off like for example my cousins and um and friends and I was lighting those and I had so I had a nice like um I had this nice kind of like um what's the word I'm looking for but like 
oh my god I forgot the word I was I was looking for I hate it when this happens but like I had a nice kind of like arrangement of candles I guess as you will and um, the word's gonna come to me later on it's gonna really annoy me because it was so basic and uh, but yeah stock I had a nice stock of candles <laughs> oh I had a nice stock of candles and a reserve of candles as you will so I didn't feel the need to buy any because I was like oh cool like I've got them but did that stop me from going into places like uh, TK Maxx or places like that sell candles did it stop me from going to those type of places and actually l having a look at the candles did it stop me from doing window shopping no of course it didn't which is so confusing because it's like I've got candles at home so why do I feel the need to still go out and look at them it's not like oh I'm gonna go out and look at look for candles today that's not what it was it was like I'm doing my like normal like grocery shopping for example or something and then I'm like oh let me just have a look at the candle section and I love it I love looking at them I love smelling their scents and stuff like that and I just was like why am I doing this like I've literally got candles at home I didn't really end up buying any but it's a concept of like I liked it like it gives you that little thrill like oh okay I've got my eye on this I'll come for it later on anyways now fast forward to November and I think it was about two weeks ago I ended up going shopping with my mum and I said to her I was like I need a candle because now I've ran out of my candles right and like I haven't lit any candles per se for a long time and so um I went to the candle section and I picked up my favorite candle like guys you know this is so sad you know you're sad and you know you've reached adulthood when you start to have favorite brands of things that are like home brands it's not even clothes anymore it's home brands like home and furniture and like just basically like anything to do with your house or whatever like I have favorite brands it's how sad is that um but like I have a favorite candle brand and no it's not Yankee because if you ever bring a Yankee near me get that out of my face it's horrible whoever hyped up can Yankee candles that I no big fat no you know which I'm going off topic now but and when I was 18 years old, I used to work at Boots and um, I worked at Boots for a small amount of time and it was so hilarious because the Yankee candles were actually security tagged. So like, you know how they have like the lid and this lid, I don't know how they had done it, but the lid was security tagged to the bottle. And by the way, we actually had people trying to steal Yankee candles. Why on God's green earth would you ever try to steal a Yankee candle? Out of all the things you could try and steal, you're trying to steal a candle? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, it was such a bizarre um, kind of like scene to see. And I'd just been standing there behind the till because I was like, uh, I was like a till girl, right? So I was like, why on earth? And then when they'd get caught, I'd be like, why on earth would you try and steal a Yankee candle? It didn't make sense to me. And then don't get me wrong, when they first were like hyped up around when I was like 16, 17 years old, like, Yes, of course we had Yankee candles at home, okay? I am a criminal. Um, no, I mean, I didn't steal it, okay? But that's not what I meant. But I mean, like, I, 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 I fed into the consumerism. Rather, I didn't, but my mum did. She loved Yankee candles. And yeah, so we had Yankee candles at home. But yeah, I really looked up and I was like, yeah, these are so mediocre. Like, now, obviously, I look at I'm like, they're so mediocre. Like, there's nothing special about them. And that's probably because so many companies have done like rip off yankee candles now like in home bargains you can literally go and buy rip off yankee candles and they are like for like one pound two pounds compared to like possibly three pounds compared to like yankee candles where, which are still like 17 18 19 pounds and i'm like what on earth like you're really not the hype anymore lower your prices if somebody does want to buy yankee because it ain't gonna be me but you know what i'm saying so anyways fast forward now it was not Yankee that's what I'm trying to say it's actually Woodwick now you could probably be like oh how basic and yeah probably it is but basic shoot me but Woodwick candles I will never get enough of because they are just so special like I actually had like a video of them yesterday I lit it yesterday and I was like I have to just send this to my friends and they're the crackle it's a crackle candle so what it is is the wick normal wicks are made out of some sort of thread i don't even know what it is some kind of like candle thread but the wood wick is quite literally a wick made of wood and so when you light it it literally crackles like a burning fire log it's just a gorgeous sound and it will not it doesn't stop crackling all the way till the end of the very end of when you've burnt it okay so yes it's a crackle baby okay and i think it is actually made by the yankee company which um yeah i have no affiliation with but um all i'm saying is the the woodwick candles slap right so um i went and i bought this young this woodwick candle and it was around like let's just say for example 13 pounds it's 13 pounds for a candle now when you think about it and if you 
if you really like weigh up your your options i could definitely buy a candle for way cheaper in that very same section there were candles that were actually that actually smelled better than this one that i picked up but like i didn't want those and they were cheaper by the way they were like seven pounds possibly four pounds but i didn't want those i wanted the woodwick candles so therefore i was like yeah cool i get it and so that made me really happy like to the point where I'd have it on my desk and it was sitting and waiting for me to light and I was like ooh, like I really want to light how sad is this I cannot believe I'm sitting here talking about candles but, like I really wanted to light this candle and I was so happy when I did so and so like it's like this concept of that how that is a small minute example of the hedonic treadmill because when I bought that it elicited a feeling of like thrill and happiness in me yeah a candle can you believe it and um when I brought it home, like I was like, I'm gonna, and this is how I was like, I'm only gonna like this kind of, look, and don't get me wrong, this, I'm not the only person who does this, I know all of you do this, okay, so don't even come for me, but like, I was like, I'm gonna clean my room and do a proper like deep clean and then light my candle, because I was like, I've got to do that, <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool, so I woke up early uh, yesterday morning, which is Friday, and I just kind of like cleaned my room really nicely, did it all, and I even changed my bed sheets and everything, and then I had a shower, and yeah I lit my candle and it was so nice like okay but like it gave me happiness however now the second time or the third time or maybe even the fourth time when I light the candle am I gonna feel the same amount of euphoria or thrill as you will that I did the first time around no I'm not going to feel that because I have now adjusted to my set line of happiness and there you go that is an example of how I have basically made an analogy of the hedonic treadmill all right so uh, bringing that onto it though people talk about this concept of like how if you're trapped in this treadmill how do you ever escape right and there's also another kind of like subcomponent of this treadmill and what kind of like feeds in negatively to this treadmill meaning that you're always going to start like searching for something to make you happy to feel some sort of thrill is like consumerism like I just explained because that is honestly like it's a really it's a it's a it's a great example of how now we very much like rely on that type of stuff to give us happiness like parcels and you know um you've got people like who are influencers and so like I was talking about that TikTok which I went totally off topic about but this girl was talking about how she was um on a no buy month and so she had this concept of she hasn't she isn't the one who coined the concept but she was just doing it very well um, and so it's her concept of how um she basically was on no buy month for the whole month she was not going to buy anything and what that meant was at the beginning of the month she took out the money that she needed for her bills and she did a big grocery shop at the beginning of the month and so what she did then was she basically survived on those groceries all the way to the end and she basically shows people how to live on this and that also meant she did not buy anything like no more food no more um like clothes no more skincare no more nothing like that absolutely nothing and she was making do of what she did and uh, what she had and like for example she said instead of shopping for clothes shop from your wardrobe so like literally go into your wardrobe and you'll realize oh i've actually got so many outfits here that i can reuse or i can you know pair up with something else she's like instead of going shopping for food or junk food or ordering off uber eats go shopping in your cabinets and so she said she starts off the month obviously doing her big fat grocery shop and then the first few weeks of the month possibly like let's say the two weeks of the the first two weeks of the month the first two three um she will be making her nutritious meals she'll be using up her ingredients and stuff like that but then obviously they're going to start finishing she's not going to go out and buy more ingredients she's going to make do what she has at home so what she's noticed is that by the last week of the month she's relying more on frozen food she's actually using the things that are in her freezer which still also have nutrition in them they're just frozen and she's also using basic kind of like ingredients more ingredients to make like more food um and she's like oh it really helped and she makes really good meals by the way and she was talking about that and she goes the last time she did this she saved about a thousand pounds that month um apart from her savings so that shows you how really how good it was she also said it was really good for her mindset because she's so used to consumerism like she's so used to like seeing something on tiktok and being influenced to buy it and i could put my hand up and be the first person to say this i'm so easily influenced when it comes to products i just like oh yes i need this oh i want that oh my god this is gonna be good for me and you know honestly i'll use it i'm like oh yeah like it's just worn off me now like the novelty is just worn off um but yeah that that just happens right so another sub component that kind of 
and like adds to the negativity of it is the concept of social comparison theory and the social comparison theory basically suggests that we've got a tendency to compare our own situations to others and that basically leads to some sort of like like a recalibration if you will of your your well-being because say you're at your set level of happiness and you look at someone else's life you and they are living the high life there's you know a girl who's got everything she ever wanted and you know she's she's got like all of these beautiful gifts or whatever and 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 and, it could be like you see a car driving past that's so much more beautiful than yours you may feel like a bit deflated and you might feel like oh you know you've just compared yourself and oh that's not fair why did they have that I don't so you'll start to feel a bit of a dip in your happiness so there you go like you're on this treadmill like you've gone onto a dip before you get back to your set level and the alternative can happen where it could also somehow um impact you positively because um you may look at someone who's um kind of like not doing as well as you there could be something of their life where um they 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 are struggling or perhaps like they really go through a hard time and it makes you feel very very grateful for what you have like an example of that would be how we're really like some of us are really struggling to boycott starbucks because it's not the boycott but it's rather like i can't find as good coffee as that as i used to right and their drinks are very glamorous and they're very nice and and they are a bit pricey but they are really good they're not very good for your health though so in a way it's kind of good that you're boycotting it however if you ever feel like you're like feeling oh like it's so hard like today for example I was out and I before this boycott and way before it I used to always stop by this one Starbucks and so I used to go for this appointment that I have at the salon and then I used to go and next get a Starbucks and like I did she had to just drive past it today and I did look at it and be like oh I wish I could have a Starbucks but no single part of my body would ever allow me to walk into that shop I just would never be seen dead in a Starbucks anymore unless I was using the toilet okay um but yeah I, I saw that and then it's so funny because then I remember coming home and I was just scrolling on my phone and I actually saw a tweet where it's it says something like if if at any point you're feeling so like guilty or like oh you're really missing your Starbucks and you're feeling like it's unfair just remember that today um and I, it was a specific girl who like posts a lot it's not one of the big four journalists it's not like Mutaz or um any of them um it's it's this one girl I don't know who she is but she basically posted a picture of them finding a a bag of coffee today so it was like a bag like a carry bag and it had like coffee powder in it and she was over the moon she was like after spending so long without coffee like I'm so happy to have just come across a little bit like I'm just so over the moon and so like it makes you look at her example and realize wow like we're so grateful we should be so grateful we should be so lucky that we don't ever have to think twice before actually just buying coffee and yeah if that means that we can't starbucks that's completely fine you can still drink so many other types of coffees you can even make instant coffee at home and so it's like that concept of that would maybe give you a a peak in your happiness because it's like wow like i'm feeling grateful for my life and i feel so bad for those people and it's like not fair in those and then you want to help them you want to do some sort of act of kindness so um it's this whole concept of the peaks and the troughs um but like there are ways to kind of like get yourself out of it which people would be like oh well I'm changed to this hedonic just hedonic treadmill there's actually a um prevention model and it's called the hedonic adaptation prevention model and like it's really confusing because it's like there's been so many like uh, pieces of research on this that we've never really come across but like there are things that you can actually do or that can actually explain how to kind of like um do well with your adjustment and also like um kind of like snap out of it and the first one is there's about three there's about three of this hedonic adaptation prevention model and the first one is understanding that there are genetic predispositions so there's actually a role that genetics plays in determining your baseline level of happiness and some of us are naturally more positive and others of us are more prone are less sorry some of us are more positive and we have a positive disposition and that makes us less pr- prone to hedonic adaptation but then there's are there are other individuals where like they just don't find happiness in anything and I'm sure you will have came, come across someone in your life that's like this where it's like why are you always focusing on the negatives like there will be those people that you know in life that just aren't happy with anything like no matter when you talk to them no matter how much you talk to them they're always bringing up something negative they're always bringing up yeah but I don't have this or I've been thinking about this recently I don't have that and it's like yes you are probably feeling that and you are going through a really tough time but it's really with all due respect like it's something that's on your mind because you're letting it be on your mind like you're not doing anything to make it better and I've always wondered about this like sometimes you see people who are labeled as bubbly positive radiant 
very very like you know they look into the small things all of that type of stuff and then you've got the alternative who are just so negative all the time like all the time don't get me wrong every every um both sides of the spectrum have um like factors of the other side so a positive very positive person will also have times when they're very negative and vice versa but like you do have those type of people that are more so like very very positive a lot of the time and very very negative a lot of the time and that so happens like and I think that it's so crazy how that can be explained by genetics. So the hedonic treadmill does actually acknowledge um, genetics, but you have to remember it only accounts for a portion of our overall happiness. So for people who are like, oh, I can't get out of this because I'm already a negative person. It's not fair anyway. It's not my fault. It's my genetics. Actually, it's only a portion. Only a portion of this concept is actually influenced by your genetics. So you can't even contribute like all of it to it and it's actually the least um, like amenable change you can't really do much to it but um we need to focus on the other factors because remember how i said there were three this is the first one there are two others that you can use that maximize your maximize your well-being and the second one is intentional activities so intentional activities can actually prevent or slow down hedonic adaptation and um this was actually in a study by uh, leo bermersky et al in 2005 and they basically proposed that activities such as expressing gratitude practicing kindness and setting and pursuing meaningful goals can lead to sustained increases in happiness and this also relates to the variety of intentional activities so they also said that when people engage in different activities they are less likely to habituate to any single one so by regularly introducing new experiences and diversing activities you can actually maintain a heightened level of happiness and prevent adaptation so what that means is like when we talk about this hedonic treadmill you're talking about this constant kind of like your natural human instinct to basically adapt to the baseline level of happiness and what we want to do is we want to maximize well-being and if our well-being is maximized you're going to see quite a few more peaks than always being at the baseline or rather than always being dipped so one of the ways you can do that is actually changing up the activities that you do every day and I think that that is so beautiful because even if you do something that's so small and insignificant it can massively have a positive impact on your day for example something that I did yesterday um, that I realized actually helped me was making the most of my day so yesterday I was working from home which would mean that normally like I would see this as an opportunity to just sleep in and then wake up 10 minutes before 9am and log on um but I didn't I didn't do that for the first time I didn't do that and one of the main reasons I didn't do this was actually because um I had to pray fudged and I knew that if I put my alarm on and pray fudged earlier and then go back to bed and wake up 10 minutes before 9 either I'm going to end up missing fudged or I won't be able to sleep and then so like I've wasted those hours so what I decided to do was pray fudged a little later still in time for the time to pray fudged but then that meant that I would just stay awake after so what that meant was I actually woke up at like half seven to pray fudged because I could still pray it um and so I prayed fudged at half seven whereas normally I get up for about six o'clock for work so in my head I was like oh I got an hour and you know um an hour and a half worth of extra sleep which was like oh wow that's great but then what I did was when I woke up was I was like right cool like I really 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 want to clean my bedroom because I knew that that's what was on my mind so um because I wanted to light my bloody candle so I was like cool I'll do that and I did that I cleaned my entire room and then I made myself myself a really good breakfast I actually took the time out to make myself a decent breakfast I personally have noticed a massive massive difference in the days where I have a very good breakfast and I actually intentionally made myself a good breakfast compared to the days when I'm late or I can't be bothered or I feel lazy or I'd rather prioritize sleep over having breakfast and I see a massive difference in the two meaning that the first one where I actually make really good breakfast I'll have a better day uh, but those are like little little intentional activities that I did the day during that day and then I remember during my lunch break I had an hour um to myself the first thing I did was I got up and I basically um popped my coat on and I went out to return some parcels and I was like this is something that was on my to-do list for a while um, but now I've got the perfect chance and so instead of taking my car to the post office which is not even like five minutes from my house it's like probably three minutes in the car maybe even two um what I did instead was I walked it and it was freezing it was absolutely freezing cold like this the air was literally like ice 
but it felt good it felt good because the sun was out and I was like oh I haven't walked in a while and I also thought do I take my airpods with me then I thought no I'm not going to I just want to listen to my thoughts and I I was just walking and I was appreciating everything around me that sounds so cringe I know I know exactly why what you mean like oh sunshine and rainbows um but I, I genuinely mean it. Like I walked past, like this is how crazy it was. I, as I was walking, there was a building to my left that was actually completely broken down. Like it was literally torn down, like the infrastructure. And I remember thinking to myself, when did this happen? Like, I don't remember this happening. And I remember that this used to be a boutique and then it changed from a boutique to some sort of vape shop. And like, it's so sad like I was just so upset I was like oh my god like I wasn't upset that upset but I was like wow like I didn't know that this was broken down and yeah it was just so crazy um, and then that reminded me of how I used to stand in front of the bus stop every single day going to uni because that was where I used to get my bus from and facing me across was that shop and I watched it change like I watched it from going to a boutique to then like um you know this vape shop and stuff like that and it was just so crazy how many changes have happened on that street but like it's just a small example of how I took the walk and I felt it, it was really nice. Um, but yeah, that those type of things um, actually really, really help. The other one that he said in his study was the concept of um the concept of like practicing and expressing gratitude. I am so big on this. You guys know this. You know how big I am on this because I think it's honestly one of the best things you can do. If you have a conversation with your friends and you're talking about your day or something, it's really good way to just bring up your positive things that happened in the day. Like, oh, I did this, the smallest things. It will make you realize I had a good day today. Or journaling. Like I talked about journaling all the time. It's actually so crazy that this episode came at this time because recently for the past week me and my friends have a group chat and what we've been doing is we've actually been like we so we have quite a few different group chats and we always used to have this group chat on whatsapp right and we recently have just kind of like stopped using that that group chat because we just found it too like mentally overloading to reply to the messages on there like it was just like we're just so tired and then we're so busy and then we've got spare time we'd rather not be replying to messages we just be willing to just sit and you know relax so what we'd started doing and it just randomly happened like we never planned this nothing like that what we actually started doing was actually sending each other snaps and on the snaps we're just basically telling each other what we're doing for our day and then obviously when we were at work all three of us would end up like sending snaps to be like oh let's go get this bread oh let's wake up and rise and shine guys and we're literally looking so dead but like we actually started to just update each other on what we're doing throughout the day so it'd be like I would be like um oh guys I'm just getting in my car it's freezing like and just send a snap of it and then my other friend would be like I'm working from home today and I've just turned on my laptop my third friend would be like I'm gonna get the bus in two hours guys I've just woke up for fudger like it was so nice like it's something so small and meaningful and it's actually quite fun and we just update each other and it's really nice and it actually made us realize wow we actually do so much during the day like we're all so busy we all have such different varied lifestyles and it's nice to keep each other updated because it's also like oh like what I'm doing right now I've ticked this off and I can show my friends it was just so nice another thing that I really really like doing is keeping a to-do list and I've talked about this so many times like on the podcast but if I keep a to-do list and I actually intentionally write it down and I, I put a little red box next to it I know that once I've done it I can tick it off and it gives me so much satisfaction when I can look back at it at the end of the day and realize wow I've actually done so much I really like that and I really really appreciate that so things like this uh practicing gratitude practicing kindness and actually setting up meaningful goals that's going to massively help you with pursuing happiness and not actually like falling into basically adjustment and the third one that they said was circumstantial factors now this one is obviously such a big influence this is what we've always got to remember you've got to remember that you've got circumstantial factors that can influence your happiness so for example life events environmental conditions and social relationships while some circumstances may be beyond our control this model suggests that we can actively seek to shape our circumstances to prevent hedonic adaptation so um that's basically like the concept of how like if you've got um you know uh, certain life events that's happening right now which is obviously part of your circumstance you can't physically do anything to stop it from happening but what we can actually do is shape our circumstances to prevent this kind of like falling into the trap of like just reaching baseline so if you've got a problem in your social relationships with anyone what you can do is either allow that to engulf your entire life or you can um use that to like 
kind of like you can shape it and realize you know what I'm not going to let this control me um, and I'm actually going to do better than that and I'm going to control it and the bottom bottom line of this concept is the fact that you have to basically express gratitude that's the bottom line the bottom line of how to overcome this is to basically express gratitude it's the antidote and in this uh this this study that I was talking about uh, written in 2005 there's actually a quote that I think was so um so beautiful so uh, it said grateful thinking promotes adaptive coping by reducing the impact of the negative aspects of the situations promoting positive appraisals of stressful events and preventing the decline in positive effect over time so what that means is that if you've got a situation reduce your negative aspect reduce your negative view of it try and like minimize that and minimize your like reaction to it that will help you and the second one is if you do have a stressful event promote your positive like praise of it so yes you've got a stressful event but think of the positives that kind of came out of it because I promise you there's always something that we're going through in life and there's one aspect of it that is actually positive try and find those meaningful things if for example your finances are completely breaking down you do have this positive thing of well at least my family isn't breaking down at least I've got good people I can turn to and kind of like rely on or rather I can just actually have comfort knowing that even if I'm completely broke or I've got complete debt or I've got problems in my finances I know that I can still come home to a good loving family and they're going to help me out or rather they'll just listen to me even if they can't help me out things like this so um I really thought that was that was quite nice um but it's this concept of how you can set it back and stuff. The genetics plays a small, small part, but the rest is all up to mindset and gratitude. And I just thought like it was really nice thing to share with you guys. And I think that it kind of like encompasses a lot of what we talk about on the podcast, but also like it relates so beautifully to Islam. And I've really got to hurry up because I've actually got to get ready to go out. But it relates to the concept of Islam. And it talks about how Allah always says he will not burden a soul with more than it can bear. And in Islam, the pivotal concept of Islam is we practice gratitude in everything we do. In everything. If you think about like the five um the five pillars of Islam, you talk about like the first one is Tawheed. You talk about the concept of how you believe in Allah and there's one Allah and you know no one else except from his um no one like um sorry you believe in Allah who is one and you also believe in the Prophet Muhammad who is his messenger, right? And it's that concept of gratitude and gratefulness of the fact that you can rely on Allah and you believe in Allah and you trust Allah and you have that secure faith in you and you are so grateful to the fact that you will not rely on anyone else and you will not associate partners with him. Number two is the concept of salah. We pray five times a day. That's five opportunities to show our gratitude because that's what we do we show our gratitude to Allah we we in, in every single thing we speak about we show and we praise Allah we call him the king of the world we call him Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim we we beg Allah for forgiveness because we know that Allah is the person that can Allah is the one that can actually like forgive us for what we've done we ask Allah for help we make dua to Allah we have hope when we make our du'as and you can't make dua without having hope you you talk to Allah you have this concept of that is an outlet you can have that opportunity five times a day the third one would be for example fasting you fast 30 days of the year because you know that there first of all people out there who are as 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 lucky as you essentially they don't have food on their plates they don't have that type of stuff we fast for a certain hours in the in in the day sometimes obviously like more than 10 hours perhaps and we come home and we go all out in ramadan that is that time of the year where we are making our best glorious dishes and thankfully to our mothers in that time you you are more grateful even for your mom you're more grateful for the women who most you know mostly are the ones who are cooking you are grateful to everything you you have this sense of community when you go to pray taravi and you have those people around you and it's just the most beautiful feeling when you're surrounded by so many muslims you're you're showing gratitude to allah because at the end of the day we are fasting for allah we fast for allah and we fast to basically ask for forgiveness of our sins and then when laylatul qadr comes around that one specific night the odd night we all go out to the maximum level like that is all coming from gratitude and hope we have hope that Allah is going to listen to our da's and we are going to basically be forgiven for what we have been doing you've got the concept of zakat zakat is the biggest form of showing gratitude because by donating to charity we are told that if we give some of our wealth away Allah is going to give it us back in bigger better ways 
He's going to give us more. We are also showing, showing gratitude in the sense of it's like an act of kindness because you are donating to the people who are more needy than you, who need it more, who are struggling, who are vulnerable. You are helping them out and that should like out of your sincere kindness and knowing that you're able to give that type of money to them. And you talk about the concept of Hajj. Hajj is literally like you're basically performing all the rites and the rituals of what we did um, in Hajj, but also it like relates to the Prophet Ibrahim Islam and what he did an example would be umrah which is sometimes classified as the small hajj and like just knowing that you're in the house of allah if anyone has ever been to umrah like you will know the feeling you know exactly what we mean that level of gratitude that level of hope and peace like even talking about it now is giving me goosebumps but standing in front of the house of allah standing in front of the kaaba and knowing you got there and that you were invited there and you were even able to step foot in there like that is a level of gratitude you will never experience on another on another level ever and knowing that whatever dua that you make there is going to be accepted by Allah and knowing that you've gone there and you've been forgiven for your sins forever and you're a clean slate now that is the most gorgeous feeling and it's so rare and it's so exceptional and it's the biggest form of gratitude and hope is so sincere and knowing that just the five pillars relate to every single aspect of gratitude and our well-being just shows that as muslims especially we can escape the hedonic treadmill we can escape the matrix we can escape all of these concepts and we can escape the fear of adjusting to just a set basic level of happiness and and i think that that is just so lucky and so rare but i really hope that that was um a great kind of like story (laughs) I guess a theory a discussion on on hedonism but another thing I also did recently was um and I'm only going to do one today but I am going to incorporate these a lot into um into my episodes um but one thing that I did was I basically sent out on my story a like anonymous kind of like message box on not gonna lie the kind of app but like you can just click the link and sending an anonymous message and I actually got quite a few that I wanted to basically talk about in the podcast but the first one and it's just something that's really off topic but I think it's so funny um is did Waze actually save your time someone sent in this message and I thought it was just kind of funny um so if you don't know Waze is an app it's a app to basically use maps and it it, is like a sat nav app right but what Waze does that is different from everyone else is that it stops like it is it it takes you home but through a route that is usually very different and you will basically skip the traffic and you'll get home quicker right you're not gonna be stuck in traffic now i used ways quite a few times and there were two reasons why i deleted the app the first reason i deleted that was because it did get me home quicker but the route it was taking me guys was so scary because where I work I work like in like almost close to central Manchester like I'm close to 10 minutes to central Manchester so I'm in east Manchester and um for me to get home it's like an almost 50 minute journey and so what Waze was doing was it was sending me through all the back routes of like the countryside now I love the countryside and I'm a big countryside girl okay I'm a city girl but I'm also a big countryside girl however you will not catch me dead driving on those tiny little lanes I'm telling you they are so tiny to the point where you have to if if a car comes and if a car is approaching you're screwed you are done for I promise you you are done for because this happened one time and I was actually with my brother and it was hilarious so we were in the car and obviously Waze sent me down through and Amran, like, Amran, my brother, he's like, oh, you know, this is like really, really difficult. I'm like, yeah, I remember actually going through the street one time before. It is hard, but don't worry, I've got it. You know me. Um, anyways, so I'm a ridiculous driver. Um, and so, you know, I've got like about three cars behind me and like, so we're, you know, uh, worming our way through this little countryside hill uh, lane and it's, it's crazy because it's like um, a lot of white people there as well which is important to the story so anyways we get to this point now and there's like a house on the left and there's like a a crossroads from there so now you've got me coming right and you've got three cars behind me or two cars behind me you've got a car that's approached me so now he's stopped right and then next to this house you've got this car trying to get out of there like to join this countryside lane so now you've got like a three-way guys when i tell you i gave up like i all i almost actually correction i almost gave up because because and i'm gonna tell you why i 
I'm brown. I'm Asian, okay? In this car. The car that was like oncoming was white. The, pe- the people in this car were white. The people that were oncoming on this side were um, also uh, on the three-way side was were also white. But the person behind me was black. Now, this is so important in story because the way that we got villainized by the white people was unbelievable. Like they literally were like, what are you doing here? Why would you Why would you come down these roads then if you don't know how to drive? What are you doing here? You don't belong here. Literally those words. I was like, I'm just trying to leave. And the people who were like coming onwards, like who were also white, were literally like, giving us the dirtiest daggers ever i knew that this place i was not welcome i was not welcome okay so now i've had to like this man in the third way like he's actually trying to join the traffic he is just gonna have to wait there honey buns and i had to like square my car just like into like a little encroachment of that house so that this main road could this main car could come down but he bloody couldn't come down because there were three cars behind me so what we all had to do was basically squeeze and like move constantly zigzag zigzag until i could get past the car that was oncoming and he was literally absolutely squished onto the side almost onto the field and so the car behind me could also come and then the car behind him could also come so then that meant that that road was free and then the oncoming traffic could move and then this third man could eventually join it was scary that was the first reason why i never ever ever trusted ways of my life ever again bearing in mind that all of this by the way happened on a bloody hill it happened on a hill and i was driving a manuel okay my manuel car it was going to just basically start rolling every two minutes. So I had my handbrake on and like, I'm like pressing my clutch. I'm dipping. I'm doing what I need to. Bam. Like it was horrific, guys. It was a scary time. It was so scary. I could have died. I could have been racially abused. I could have been beaten up black and blue. I could have, my car could have crashed someone else's and then it would have been an insurance problem. And, and, oh, it was just scary. Like I did not go down there ever again. Number two, the reason why I dro- I I um deleted ways, and this was way before the genocide. Like, there's always been a genocide happening in Palestine, but like for the past seventy five years. But like recently, with the with the stuff that was happening now since the seventh of October, this was actually way before that. Like I'm talking about the summer. I deleted Waze because I found out that they fund the IDF soldiers. How on earth? How on earth? did that ever happen i have no clue and when i realized i was like huh what like i found out i i clicked delete i deleted that like no tomorrow deleted my account with them i just deleted the app and also it's so funny i did that because then recently after the 7th of october israel was actually making google and hang on sorry i just got a message um israel was making google and ways delete the gaza strip or delete not sorry not delete but they were deleting like the traffic kind of like signs that you can see if you look into gaza and if you look into israel like all the traffic flow they were actually making them delete and actually making them delete kind of like um what's the word i'm looking for like um like landmarks they were making them delete landmarks which is just disgusting so yeah anyways that's my uh, story on uh, did ways actually save your time it did but it almost killed me too so that's my story of ways and why i will never use it ever again but thank you very much to listening uh, sorry for listening to this episode um i really hope you enjoyed it i think that i spoke a lot um and I just hope that someone can maybe benefit from this or see this type of uh, stuff like about the concept of being happy and practicing gratitude from a different level and a different lens and look into the research as well, um, which I did quote in here as well. But um, I will see you guys next week for another episode. But until then, take care and um, see you next week, inshallah.